we are, we are in the midst of uh, a four-week series on Advent. And so Advent sounds like a strange word. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't raised in the church, so when I heard Advent, what, what does that mean? And it means, like, coming. And so you may have heard the first Advent. So Jesus came once, and so we celebrate that. Uh, but then he also promised that he was coming again. And so we also are in expectation of him coming again. And so we celebrate the first Advent. Um, we're in a series as we celebrate that, four weeks. Uh, first week was hope, theme of hope. Last week was peace. And this week it's joy. And the way we're looking at it is, is, the, is the humble king, right? It's, it's different than, than really anywhere else that we are in the world today, right? The idea of a king and then humility. And yet that's how Jesus is. And so today we look at the humble king of joy. Join me in prayer as, as we start. Father, thank you so much for uh, time together with each of these people today. Uh, each of them is, uh, is loved by you greatly. And God, we, we want to try to bring our real selves to you today. Uh, we want to authentically seek you. Uh, we, we do ask, God, that you would move beyond our defenses today. Uh, that you'd move beyond um, uh, where we're at so that we could really hear from you. Uh, and we, we could walk away from here. Um, having more of you and ultimately being more the way you created us to be in jesus name amen, amen. all right so we'll be in luke chapter one if you have, if you have a bible words are also be up here um it, when it comes to joy quite honestly i never had really heard of people talk about joy uh, before i became a follower of jesus and gave my life to christ when i was about 15 years old I just, I just hadn't really heard about it. We'd sing about it maybe at school and Christmas songs, that kind of thing. But the, the whole topic of joy uh, was something that I just I hadn't really heard about. And as I, as I was around Christians, uh, it was interesting because it was, put on, it was almost like something they put on me. Like, hey, you're supposed to be joyful, right? And I'm kind of like, okay. And, and people would tell me, be joyful, do this. And, and I'm kind of like, how? What is it? And, 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 these, and some people kind of have this idea that it was like, well, because we're supposed to be joyful, well, everything's good, and, and, and praise the Lord all the time. And, and I'm kind of like, well, okay, I, I'm not sure I really understand what this is and, and, and what we're supposed to be doing. And, and some of that stuff that was put on me, I realized, was just kind of like human effort. Like, hey, it says we're supposed to do this, so we're supposed to do this. But what happened is, is I got around the, the people of Jesus, and and I spent time with them, and I, I watched them live life and go through certain struggles and highs and lows. And, and I started, after a few years, started to dial in on what this joy thing is and, and, and what it was. And uh, there was numerous people that helped me understand what joy was and, and what it is in Christ. And yet there was one that really uh, stuck with me, and that was my friend Matt. And Matt was uh, a student in our youth ministry. I was a youth pastor for about 10 years. And uh, Matt came up through the middle school ministry and the high school ministry and, and then college ministry. And during that time, he became a friend. Uh, during that time, he surrendered his life to Christ. Um, and, but what was unique about Matt was Matt had muscular dystrophy. And so if you know about that, um, that sickness is, is that, you know, basically over time, you lose con complete control over, you know, your physical body, your physical world that we focus on so much. And as I watched Matt, at some point, even though he, he passed away in his early 20s, uh, at some point, he decided that 
his physical world losing control and, and less and less control and becoming weaker and weaker physically, he decided that that was not the theme of his life. He decided that there was a deeper theme. And as I watched that, even though this broke down more and more, this, this thing that we focus on so much, this tent, there was this, there was this inner thing that he had. And I, I remember he, he was deteriorating when he was in college. And I remember this one time, he had a wheelchair and he, it was mechanical. And so he would always come up and ram me, right? He'd come up, you know, I'd be sitting there talking to somebody trying to be all professional. Oh, yes, you know. And, and, and he all of a sudden, Poof! And, and Matt would ram me with his, with his chair. And I remember this one time, and I know exactly where I was standing. I remember the look on his face and he had this wonderful warm smile. And he's just like, hey, I need to talk to you. I'm like, well, what's going on? He goes, hey, listen, I need to know, I need to know how to ask a girl out. You know, and so because there's this girl in my class, and I want to ask her on a date, and, and I'm sitting here, and he, he's he's literally losing strength in his hands, and everything else, but he just has this thing that my life is made up of something else. It's not just made up of what's happening to me physically, and and so he had this joy that really opened my mind up to really what it was, and it was real joy. Uh, he he dove deeper and discovered what Jesus had for him, and so so we all want that, right? We all want that. But I think that a lot of times what we do is we settle for just like moments of joy, right? We, we know that joy is different than just happiness because happiness is kind of like, yes, my day went exactly how I wanted it to go. I'm happy. Uh, joy, you know, you can look it up and people will say, well, if you want joy, you can, you know, walk your dog or exercise or these different activities. But, but joy is, is, is meant to be greater than just a moment. It's supposed to be like a current in our lives. It's supposed to be something that, that is steady state, that is absolutely in our lives. And that's what God wants for us. And so, so that's what we want to talk about today. Uh, we want to talk about that, that God's heart and desire really is that uh, if our life is a book, you know, so the, the book of Matt, the book of Shane, you know, the, you know, the book of Crystal, you know, the, the, book, uh, the book of Greg. And so, you know, what, what is my book? Well, God, the way he wrote it, is that every chapter would be a chapter, of a theme of joy. Or if, it's a, if your life is a movie, you know, every scene is a, is a theme of joy. And I'm not talking about superficial, like I was talking about at the beginning, but just that it's underlying. And it doesn't mean that there's not tragedies and there's not drama and there's not hurts and pains, but there's this just current of joy throughout. That's how God made us. He absolutely made us that way. And what we're going to see today is we're going to see that that um, every person that comes up across Jesus in the birth narrative, we're going to see that their response was joy. That as Jesus came into the world and invaded with his joy and his love and who he is, the people's response was joy. And, and I hope that by the end of our time that we could say, you know what? That's the theme of my life. It's just abounding joy. That, that's what it is. There's all sorts of stuff that would come at us and say, well, what about this and what about that? But that I, I hope that in some manner we would all be able to walk out here and say, you know what? My middle name is Abounding Joy, right? Cody, Abounding Boy, Abounding Boy, Abounding Joy, Houston, right? That's, so that you would just be able to say that, that you know, because you say, well, if you really know somebody, well, what's their middle name? That you would just say that that's the theme of my life is Abounding Joy. And so... Let's take a look at this, and we're going to see that, that, that joy leaps, laughs, and sings, okay? So we are in Luke chapter 1, verse 39 through 45, and this is what it says. 
At, at that time, in verse 39, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth, Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was, was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. So it um, kind of a uh, throwback on the story to be able to look. So Elizabeth and her husband, Zachariah, it says in the early chapters that they were people that were upright. They did everything right. They, they were godly people. They honored God. They knew God. They served God. And yet the true test of a godly person is, is what happens when you don't get your way? Or what, what happens when things don't go right? Right? Because I think, and I don't think it's just an American thing, but we're all about our rights. Like, if I, if I do this, I get this. And what's hard is that a lot of times we don't have a theology for, well, what if I totally honor God and, and do everything right and, and, and live for him and do everything he says, and yet I don't get what I want? Well, what it says about Elizabeth is, is that they honored God, they, they did everything right, they served, and he was a priest uh, in, in the temple. And yet it says that she was barren, and so that they didn't have any children. And so, you know, that's very difficult at any time, but especially back then. Because the people, it wasn't just that she was barren, but people would put that on her, right? They, they would put that on her and make it like, there's something wrong with you. Like you've done something wrong for this to happen. And so can you imagine the tension and the struggle? And yet what was happening on the inside all the time was that they were saying yes to God. Yes to God, believing. When the angel comes, it's Zachariah's inside of the temple. And so um, you would have different times where you were a priest, but your time would come where you were the one that went in and did the different services that would be needed by the priest. So Zachariah's time came. The angel Gabriel comes, same one that came to Mary, and he says to him, says, God has heard your prayers. And I don't know, I've always thought, like, did, did maybe Elizabeth stop praying? And it was Zachariah still praying? Because they were really old at this point. And so what happens is, is she becomes pregnant with, with John the Baptist, who you can read about later. And so, um, but this is what's happening. But look at that the baby inside of her in verse 42 um, it says, blessed are you among women, blessed is the child you will bear. But uh, verse 41, the baby leapt in her womb. And then verse 44, she tells the story, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. So I mean, isn't that amazing? Something's going on. God's doing something in the midst of this. But it's because she said yes. Now the next one is that we see, we see that abounding joy laughs too. So Genesis 21, verse 5 through 7, it's all the way, in the, all the, way to the left in, in, in the Bible. Uh, beginning, it says this, Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. So these, I mean, I don't know how old exactly uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth were, but Abraham and Sarah, were, they, were, they were pretty old. About as old as we get today. About 100 years old is, is about as old as people get today. Some go a little bit farther. But they had a baby at that time. I mean, that's crazy. 
My wife and I talk. We're in we're in our we're in our mid forties. We talk about now. Like, can you imagine if we had another baby? You know, and, and you know, we stopped at three because we started to lose uh, most days. You know, and but 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 I mean, just to think about that. But see, she laughs like it did something in her. But it's because she said yes. She said yes to God and what God wanted to do, even though it didn't line up with with everything that that you know that people thought and what should happen, right? A lot of life is that. Like I, I lay out my life and 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 I you know I say, well, then this is going to happen, then this is going to happen, then I'm going to go here to this place, and and sometimes it goes that way. But the reality is, is that God has something better for us, and not only that, but the child that comes through. I mean, it's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? I mean, you think of any famous people out there. There's nobody more famous than Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, like those three. They're a trio. It's how God established his people. So Isaac would come in this person. And it's because Abraham and Sarah said yes to God. And then also we see that abounding joy sings as well. So um, in Luke 1, 46 through 55... Um, Mary sings this song. Um, it's called the Magnifica, and so it's 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 this beautiful. Now I'm going to sing it, so you guys don't make fun of me, okay? But I'm going to go for it. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. So I thought about it, but but if you look at the words, it's just so beautiful. And because she says yes to God and says yes, I'll be this this awkward teenager that. Quite honestly, everybody's thinking that that she slept with her, the one she's engaged to, and she's pregnant by him, but she's actually pregnant by this great miracle by God, and she knew that she would be just cast off by everybody. She knew she'd be made fun of. She knew that all this would happen, but she said, yes, God, I'll do what you want me to do. And so this is what she sings in this moment. It says, and Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. And isn't that true? Here we are, 2,000 years later, reading the song that she sang. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their utmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. So we went pretty quick through these, and, and that's intentional. Go spend some more time there and read through the, the tension and, and, and try to put yourself in the place of each person. But here's what they all have in common is that you heard me say it, is that they all said yes to God. And so there's a direct correlation, and it's this. More yes, more joy. The more you say yes to God, the more joy you'll have. It's an absolute direct correlation. And it's not you saying yes to what God would have me do, or your neighbor or the person sitting next to you, but it's you saying yes to what God has for you in your life. See, he speaks He speaks so personally to each of us here. He's speaking to each of us all of the time. Except we we kind of, after a while, we start to tune it out if we're doing our own thing. If we if we don't respond, we, we kind of miss it. Something that I do every so often 
um, is, is I'll just to make sure that I'm hearing God, to make sure that I'm hearing the things that I'm to respond to with yes, is, is I'll just sit down with just a blank sheet of paper and I'll just brain dump like every kind of stream of thought and different things that keep coming at me, you know, things I keep thinking about and going after to make sure that I'm not missing what God's speaking. Because I can get moving so fast that I'll miss what, it, what he really has for me. So more yes, more joy. And, and we see this in Jesus. I mean, Jesus has this joy that is just, it's crazy. It doesn't match up with, with the joy that, that we typically think of when we think of joy. It's, it's something that's it's otherworldly. And, and, and it's, this is what's written about him. In Philippians 2.8, it says, In being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so uh, if you unpack that, I mean, think about it. He, in an appearance as a man, we look at that like, well, what's, what's wrong with that? Right? I mean, we're great. But this is God. Right? It's God. Absolute perfection. And he became one of us. And so he's in appearance of a man. And it says he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. But, but here's, here's the next thing. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says that we are to fix our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter or author or writer of our faith, right? We talked about what our lives are written about, whether it's a book or a movie. For the joy set before him, listen, he endured the cross. Isn't that a paradox? The joy set before him, he endured the cross. And for us, sometimes the cross can be, you know, it could be, you know, like we see the cross all the time. There, there's three crosses out here. We wear a cross as jewelry. Um, we have it on our Bibles or on buildings and different things. But the cross, it's an, it's an execution tool. That, that's what it, it's, it speaks of death. And so he endured the cross. I mean, uh, the, the cross is a horrible death. Um, those that would be crucified would, you know, uh, if it wasn't enough that, you know, their, their, their wrists and their, their ankles and, uh, were, in, and I say that because if you're put in the hand, it's not strong enough. So it's the wrists and the ankles and nailed to the pieces, and there's two pieces that they that they put together, and and then they put something underneath your feet, and so you're you're bleeding out, but it's it's supposed to last for a long time. And what happens over time is is that is that if you don't die, they they would break your legs, because the only way that you can breathe, because that's really how you die when you're crucified, is that you 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 drown in your own fluids, your your fluids overtake your your lungs, and, and you and you pass. That's why when Jesus um, was crucified, that they went around and they broke the legs of the two that were crucified with him. When they came to him, he was already dead, right? Because he said, he said, you know, Father, to you, I commit my spirit. He gave up his own life. He wasn't a victim. He was, he was actually in total control. He actually went there intentionally and did that and experienced that pain. But it was prophesied that none of his bones would be broken. You can look in the Old Testament. Uh, where it's and so when it came to him, it's like he's already gone, because they would use this this spot to be able to lift up, gain a breath, and come back. And so when we look at this, that Jesus that even experienced a death on a cross, you know, it, it's it's that bad uh, what he, what he went through. But he humbled himself for that. But in the midst of the, there was this joy, there was this joy that he had because he was saying yes to God. 
And then also, it gets even better. In John chapter 15, verse 11, it says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Told us what? What's happening in John chapter 15 here? Jesus is sharing with his followers about abiding in him. And also, too, in the verse before, about obeying him, right? Because when we say we're going to say yes, it means obeying him. And if you had a super authoritative home or you just in general have a problem with authority, you can hear the word obey and say, I'm out, right? But with God, obeying, obeying is like he's walking and he's like, take my hand. Take my hand and walk with me. You know, if you have children or, or, or if you're, you know, you remember when you were a child, you're just walking with your dad or your mom or your grandparent. I mean, there's nothing better than that. You know, or if, or if you've got a little one now or, and, and you just walk and there's just nothing better. You're in stride and there's closeness. And so that's what God's saying when he says, obey me. He's saying, walk with me. Go where I'm going. Keep in pace with me. And so what Jesus is saying, is, look at, I mean, we may miss it. He says, I've told you this to obey me and it's how you show your love for me so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. The type of joy that I can even go to the place that I give up my life, and yet there's this current of joy. Because it's, it's bigger than that time. So more yes, more joy. If we want more joy, it's more yes to God. God, what do you want? What is it? I mean, for me, that's part of why I'm in Kansas, right? At Easter, the day after Easter, we had finished pastoring a church in California in November, and we were just waiting to hear from God. And I had this sense that that, you know, he was just going to do it. And so I, I just just tried to not search, tried to not just, and God's just, just wait. And then the day after Easter, I'm, I'm like, Lord, I feel like I'm on the sidelines. I'm fired up. I want to serve you. I want to keep doing it. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like, Lord, I will go where you want me to go. We'll do what you want me to do. It, it seems like it's not in San Diego. Where I, what do you want us to do? And he says, so you'll go to Kansas? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And then the next day, uh, you know, the, the fine folks here put something on the Vineyard USA website. It's like, hey, we're looking for, for a new senior pastor. I'm like, hey, I think that's God, right? More yes, more joy. More yes, more joy. And it's what God has for each of us. And he, he brings small things into our lives that we say yes to and it brings joy so that when the bigger things like moving halfway across the country or, 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 or going to a, a certain school that maybe you thought you were supposed to go here, but God has this for you, or, or taking a certain job that maybe isn't as, a, as much money, but God wants you to impact lives there and do this sort of thing, that you say yes, and you have joy in that. You see, we, we want more joy. We want more of the stuff that lasts, but we're so addicted to the just the, the immediate. We're so addicted to the, well, I can have this now. You know, if I, if, I, if I just grab this, if I just take this, I can have this now. And then we get going on that, and then we're like, well, yeah, I want the real substance. I want the real stuff. So we say yes to Jesus, and we get that. You know, so, so from a psychological perspective, one cannot experience joy while being preoccupied with one's own security, their own pleasure or self-interest. It's just joy comes where we give someone else control. So backseat drivers don't have joy, right? Like, so when your spouse is, is driving away, it's like, oh, what are you doing? 
And, um, and, you know, stop, turn there, move, quick, you, you almost hit that guy. And it's like, give me a little credit. The guy, it, it, he, he went into my lane, right? So no one has joy in that. The backseat driver doesn't have that. Um, I remember we were planning a church in Central California, and so, so I was doing several different jobs and stuff, and one of the things I was doing is I was a sign salesman. So I worked for a sign shop, and I'd go knock on doors of different businesses and say, hey, you know, what are your sign needs? And my neighbor was starting a skydiving company. And so um, they had this, this straight orange plane, and so the theme was orange, 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 and we, so we got wraps for their cars and all signs and all kinds of stuff. But, but um, he kept telling me, like, hey, come on. You know, all's good. I mean, and, and he, we wanted to have a meeting. He's like, well, hey, you know, I want to show you where we're going to be meeting, so let's just fly down there. And, or, hey, and when we get up and going, we want to test things. And so, you know, why don't you come on? And, and he had all kinds of experience. I'm like, no, thank you. You know, I just kept saying, no, 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 no. I, I'm not interested. And I thought about that because it's like, I, if I'm going to jump out of a plane, I want to be in control. <laughs> right? He's like, no, I'll be strapped. They're like, no, I'm okay. You know? And in some of us, we can be like that with what God wants. And, and sometimes it feels like that. You know, it's like jumping out of a plane or even flying in a small plane. And yet, it's, that's the place of joy, is where God's flying the plane. God's in control. He knows what we need. And really, God is the only really adequate center for our existence. Uh, he really alone can enable us to experience life um, and, 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 really, and really joy. Psalm 1611 is going to be up here. Um, it says this. It says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Um, how do we position ourselves for joy? You know, like, so we've talked about it. How do we respond to this? You know, hopefully remember, more yes, more joy. So this is actually something that we can't just be passive on. Okay, God, tell me something. Listen, God's, God has stuff. And it'll start with small stuff and bigger stuff. So here's what you can do. Position yourself for joy for three days. So just, just be creative, be imaginative, and just wake up and just say, Jesus, what do you want me to do? You know, what, what, what is something that, that, that would bring you pleasure and joy today? What is something that, that I could obey you on? And then do that, and, and you'll find joy in that. And then here, here's really kind of the, the cliff notes or move forward is if you ever want the things that God has for you, pray for those things for other people. So like if you want to be filled with the Spirit of God, it's like, I just want to be on fire for God. I just want to be filled with Him. I want His life. I want all, I, I want like, I want to be who God wants me to be. Then you pray for other people to be able to do that. Because you can't help but get in the, the river. Okay? Same thing with joy. If, if you want joy, if you want that, pray for it for other people. Absolutely hop into it. So, um, think about your life right now. You know, you think about, you know, the ups, the downs, the all-arounds. You know, I mean, today, you know, you could be doing really good. Uh, or you're kind of like, man, you know, if, if this is a genre of a movie, this is like a, a drama, action, adventure, tragedy. You know, I, I don't know. What is it? Is it a comedy? Is it a romantic comedy? Is it a, is it a sci-fi <laughs> You know, it's, you know, lost in space. I mean, I don't know. What is your life? 
But here's the thing. As people that believe in, in the afterlife, people that believe that that all of those that are signed up and on the vessel SS Jesus, like what the Bible says we're headed is this, is that when it's done for the follower of Jesus, he will say this. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with little and now I'll trust you with more. Now enter in to the joy of the Lord. See, that's why we want to put on joy now because it's that's where we're headed is joy you know like you know if you think of a movie like anybody watch Hallmark movies yeah some people yes yes okay they, they all end the same right everything works out if, if it goes slightly off they get hate mail it's like you didn't wrap this up right for me it's supposed, it's supposed to come together no there was doubt there they no they end up perfectly together but listen, God's desire for you is that it all ends in joy. So it's like on a cold day, right? My son and I went to a football game the other night. We sit outside and do this. And it's like, look at the thing, dress in layers. So we had like eight layers on. I had a sleeping bag. And he's like, Dad, you don't need it. And I didn't need it. But, right, you've got all these layers on. That's what you do when you go outside. It's going to be really cold. You're going to be out there. So you put layers on. So, so each day of your life, what if you just put on another layer of joy? What if, you, what if you just put that on and it just said, you know, that's where I'm headed and that's where I'm going to go and I'm going to hear enter into the joy of the Lord so I'm just going to keep putting it on. So that we in our lives, you guys, see, I think as we believe in the afterlife, we're headed towards joy, we say, we want to get there and be like, yes, thank you that that's over, like this life. That, that we think that that's supposed to be the response? I don't think so. I think that our trajectory now and even then, even though like that's perfect, right? There's no more pain, there's no more fear, there's no more death, there's no more fighting, there's no more bullying, there's none of that, right? I think that that God can do something in us now that if we adopt that my life is meant to be with joy, that I would get to the end of my life that if God's like, hey, you want to do it again? You want to do it again? Yeah, let's do it again. Like some people go on a roller coaster. And it, like some people, if you took pictures, oh, thank you, that's over. It's horrible. Okay, or they just do it again. Let's go. I'm just gonna stay right here, run it again. But you guys, what if we adopted that? What if we just said and approached each day like that? Just like I'm just not on a ride here that I just want to get off, but I'm I'm gonna live in such a way that like let's do it again. And it's not this thing, this pie in the sky where we just say I'm gonna check out, but it's saying that. I really believe that this is what it's about. That it's about experiencing God and loving God and being with him. And he, this is his world. And this is his life. And I'm going to define things through that. Let's read this together. Let's stand together and read this together. And, and I, would just, I would challenge you today to make this a declaration right here. We're going to have the band come up. We're going to sing another song. And then we've got food and selfie booth and all this stuff. All sorts of joy coming around. And, and listen, if you if you didn't know we're having a potluck or a party today, and there's plenty of food, trust me. Plenty of food. Abounding food. Abounding food. So enjoy it. But here, go back. We go back to the, the verses there. Yeah. So let's take a moment and... 
um, and just be quiet and let's just do a little business with God. You know, I mean, because I've, I've brought up some things today about life and hard things and good things and different things. But just, would you just bring that before God right now? And for some of you, it may be like, hey, God, uh, I'm just hearing about you in this way for the first time. But I'd like to get to know you better. You know, this Jesus and what he did for me on the cross. I'd like to share that with him. Um, for some of you, maybe, you know, your heart's grown a little cold. And you say, well, how would I know that? Typically, we know that our hearts have grown cold towards God if our hearts are cold towards our brothers and sisters. You know, and so, so if, if, if you're walking around and just like, look at them, look at that, look what they're doing. God, I can't believe them. Look at that. That's a good time to say, you know, all right, I need to get right with God. Amen. I need to, I need to, I need to get, you know, come back to him. You know, because all of this is indirect, you guys. We can't just set out to have joy, right? The Bible says that it's the joy of the Lord. Amen. And so if I want peace, if I want joy or hope or anything, it's stuff that God shares with me. So I go to him and he gives it to me. And so if that's you, come back and have your heart warmed by him again. So, so let's be quiet and do business with him for a minute.